It's 2022, and this is the 13th episode of the Mankind Podcast. I'm your host, Justin J. Girdler, and this podcast is about how real men can and do exhibit real kindness. Today, I'm trying something new. As the show is growing, I'm trying to give it more of my time and attention. Now, none of us seem to have much time these days, it seems, so I'm putting some ads on each new episode. This isn't natural for me to talk about, but I wanted you to know so you wouldn't be surprised when you hear them, uh, as you'll be hearing from the advertisers today. Uh, it's just one small way I'm trying to grow the show, get the news out, and start saving for things like a new microphone and a proper video camera. So I would eventually like to add the Mankind Podcast to YouTube. Uh, look, the best way you can support the show is still by hitting subscribe that helps Apple and Spotify promote it. It helps me get new guests on the show, etc. But if you'd like to directly support the show and the cause for kindness, uh, beyond that, I also just set up a Patreon page. Uh, that way the proceeds go directly to the show. Uh, so you can find it. Just go to www.patreon.com slash the mankind podcast. Okay, now that that's over, on with the podcast. Welcome to the Mankind Podcast, a podcast committed to helping and highlighting men who are making the world a better place in three ways. Uh, we are having a space to talk about mental fortitude and emotional intelligence by identifying the tools that break down silos and fight against polarization and by creating a community of stories. Hearing from men on the front lines of kindness, whether in leadership roles or working quietly unnoticed in the shadows. If you believe kindness can make a difference in the world, but don't know where to start, then welcome to the Mankind Podcast with me, your host, Justin J. Girdler. Okay, today's topic. If you're anything like me, the holidays can, and maybe they were, a little bittersweet. On one hand, it's family, lots of time together, and seeing people from far away. And on the other hand, it's family and lots of time together and seeing people you wish would stay away. When we're with family, it can be the most rewarding and simultaneously the most challenging time when it comes to relationships, because these are the people who we love. We love them despite themselves, and they probably love us despite ourselves. That's unconditional love, right? That's how it works. But just because we love each other doesn't mean we like each other. Now, hopefully that's not your situation. Hopefully you're surrounded by a caring, loving family who sincerely care for and support and lift one another up, both in word and deed. But from what I've gathered, most families have a few black sheep. And with the way media and politics are working with social platforms, there might have been some more than a few dissenting voices around the family Christmas dinner table this year. I love the movie Knives Out by director Ryan Johnson. It highlights a very dysfunctional family, all tied up in a murder mystery, and the film really focuses on their baggage and the infighting. It's hilarious to watch because it's true. There is very little 
that they agree on. I don't like him. He's an asshole. But maybe an asshole is what we needed. Oh, God, yeah. An asshole is what Germany needed there in 1930. Come on. Whatever. Those two things don't even conflate. I'm going to disappear until the politics talk is done. You want some champers? I can't. I'm technically working. Red cap, Richard, and look around you. The streets are literally flooded with Nazis. No, 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 no. We are losing our way of life and our culture. There That's are right. millions of Mexicans coming. Oh, God. And don't don't really? make this a race thing. You yeah, always make this, this a race, race thing. I would say the same thing if they were European. Oh yeah. So if 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 the Swiss were like no, clogging, no, 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 allow them to... in, and they think they own, they're putting children in cages. I mean, these are camps. Come on, Joni. Nobody's saying that isn't bad. But the parents have some blame here. Oh, for what? For wanting a better life for their kids? Isn't that what America is? For breaking the law. Oh, this is just... Look, if don't. you want to become an American, there are legal ways to do it. But if you break the law, it doesn't matter how good your heart is. You gotta face the consequences. Hopefully that's not what your family is like, but here's the important thing to remember. The likelihood for offenses to occur is directly correlated to the proximity we physically have to one another. Uh, put another way, if there aren't any cars on the road, you're likely not going to hit one. But when there's traffic, you should probably be aware of the other drivers. Now, my extended family, we're, we're not all that different from one another. We have a more in common than we have different from one another. And yet when we get together, we do represent different backgrounds and different beliefs, different races and different socioeconomic backgrounds. With all these differences of perspectives and views, when you bring us in close together, yeah, someone can become offended. Think about your family. How many different perspectives does your family represent? Here are a few things that, that might just have some influence on those perspectives. Have some of your family traveled overseas? Have some served in the military? Are there mixed race marriages? Are, are multiple ethnic backgrounds represented? Have some gone to conservative colleges while others have gone to liberal colleges? Do they represent different faith backgrounds or different political ideologies or different gender identities? All these things matter. But what is offense then? I hear a lot of folks talk about other people being offended. Oh man, she was so offended. Oh man, I, that guy totally got offended by that. Like it somehow looked down on to even be offended. Or is it? It's worth asking. Visualize it this way. Offense is anything that builds offense between us. That's right. I'm talking like white little picket fences. Offense is anything that builds a fence between us. Here's an example of what that could look like. Maybe Uncle Frank says we shouldn't have immigrants taking jobs. You or someone gets offended by that. Your niece says that older people don't understand what's going on in the world. You or I could get offended. And yes, I consider myself an older person. Your brother-in-law likes to find ways to kind of flaunt how much money he makes. And maybe your cousin deals with things by making passive-aggressive comments about family members. Are any of these hitting close to home? I know you have your own examples that you could share. 
But all that to say, look, no one's perfect. Maybe it's worth asking yourself if there's anything you've said or mentioned that might have offended someone else, but we'll get into that another time. Look, the point is each of these scenarios or comments has the potential to offend, and that can become a picket board in your fence. You may have not put it there, but each are the offenses you are keeping track of, and it is building a wall between you and the people you love. How many boards is it going to take to build a fence between you and the person you care about? How many posts will eventually fence you in? And think about that a second. I mean, what would you ballpark that as? Like six offenses, 10 offenses? You know, the truth is the longer we leave those offenses up on our fence, the longer we don't deal with them, the less space we will have for more in the future. We just won't have capacity to give our loved ones more grace. Now, look, you might say, oh, I got thick skin. I can take it. Or that's just how we talk in my family. We just let it slide off our back. But the truth is, if you don't deal with stuff in a healthy manner, those offenses will keep stacking up and building a fence between us and others. Or we can pause and see what's happening and deal with it, even if it's a bit uncomfortable at first, because real kindness takes that kind of guts. So before you start, before we determine what's offendable and what's not, we want to start with the end in mind first. Admit we don't have all the answers. Look, I might have some answers. You might have some answers. We might have keys to life and gems of wisdom we've gathered along the way, but we weren't born with them. I look back on 16, 24, and 33-year-old me, and I laugh at what I thought I had figured out back then. And I assume I'll look back even on this year with the same kind of amusement. Each of us has been on our own journey, and it's what makes us who we are. But none of us are all-seeing, all-knowing. And the version of us tomorrow, I hope, is going to be wiser than we are today. We progress by learning something new. And that brings us to the second thing, and that is let's remind ourselves of each person's perspective that it is a gift. It may not be something you agree with them on, but every person has a value based on their experience and their perspective, even if it's just the gift of making us aware that some people think very differently than we do on a topic. Whatever the topic, make sure the topic doesn't become the prize. We're not trying to win on that topic. We want to focus on the goal, and that's number three thing. The third thing we want to keep in mind, keep the goal in front of us. Have you ever gotten dragged into an argument only to realize by the end you were fighting about something you didn't even mean to get fixated on? If any of you guys are married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This happens all the time in marriage because of that proximity and offense rule. We're just so close to our spouses, we often get sucked into disagreements about things that we don't even really care that much about. And the reason why is because it's so easy to make it about the topic or the behavior and avoid dealing with the relationship. The offense is never about the topic. It's about how the topic makes us feel. Hey, we feel angry or we feel disgusted or we feel offended. And we don't know what to do with that. So we attack. And that is what we typically do. Oftentimes we allow ourselves to get triggered now, that word can have multiple meanings to different people, so let me just 
define it here in this context for the sake of all being on the same page. I see triggered as a response caused by a particular action process or situation. Now that you can look that up, that's on some website, probably Wikipedia, but I often hear it used as a gaslighting term, meaning like I hear people say like, oh, that triggered me. That kind of communicates that the offender is somehow obligated to prevent me, the offended, from being triggered. It's used to justify whatever comes out of my mouth next. Now, I'm not downplaying gaslighting. That's a real thing. But if it's no longer my responsibility because you're the one who triggered me, there's something maybe a little bit off with that. It's often what I kind of see played out. So here's typically how we react when we're triggered. Uncle Frank says we shouldn't have immigrants in the country. So I'm going to tell him that that's stupid because 99% of us come from immigrants. Your niece says that older people don't understand what's going on in the world. You might inform her that she's 17 and has no idea what she's talking about. The brother-in-law who likes to flaunt his money, he brings up activities that his family might want to do, but that could be out of other family members' price ranges. So some of you might let him know that his cash flow isn't what bought him a seat at this family's dinner table. And the cousin, who might be passive-aggressive, well, many of us have seen this played out. And the next comment by a family member isn't so, well, passive. It's an all-out fight. So where does that get us? Each of these have the same reaction. I'm going to stop you from going further. And it doesn't work. Oh, we might shut them up, or if we're on the other end of things, it might shut us up. But it never really helps us get to the goal of caring for those we love. So what do we need instead? We need a new framework. Instead of starting from a place of anger about the topic, start from a place of love, grace, and respect for the other person. Start with curiosity. Look, I know a lot of people say stupid stuff. I know because I say a lot of stupid, unintentional crap. And yes, I get it. If some of you feel like most people say stupid stuff, I get it. We all do. So I know the first thought that's going to pop into some of our heads might be, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard so-and-so say yet. And that's fine. Those thoughts pop into my head as well, but it doesn't mean we need to say those words or anything like them and let them come out of our mouth. A real man has control over his thoughts, and that includes his tongue. So I assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you have a pretty open mind and you have a value for kindness. So pause for a moment. When you get that thought, that offends me. Let your next thought challenge yourself, push yourself to say, I wonder why they said that. And that leads us to being curious. Ask for something from them. Show them you're not judgmental. Even ask to have the conversation. What we want to do in this moment is add to what's called the shared pool of meaning. There's a book called Critical, Crucial Conversations. I highly recommend it. But it talks about how everybody's bringing their perspective to a topic. Even in the workplace, this is super important. And you want to add to the shared pool of meaning. Can we add meaning? You add your meaning to this. I'm going to add my meaning to this. And we're going to add to the shared pool of meaning. We want to get to something that, just like I did with defining the word triggered, you want to kind of be on the same page seeing it where the other person's coming from. It's not about agreeing with them. 
one of the best practices you can do is parrot back what you heard. Okay, so what I hear you saying is blank. And lastly, you want to invite them. Turn around and invite them to be open. There's not many people who like to be accused of being close-minded. So you can even invite somebody. Invite a family member. Hey, as we go through this, can, can we be open-minded here? Just hear one another out. I'll be open-minded. I want to hear what you have to say. Will you be open-minded? Most people aren't going to say, no, I'm not going to be open-minded. You also want to invite them into further discussion. Hey, I want to keep this conversation going. And then third, you can even invite them to argue in a respectful way. Loretta Ross was on the TED Radio Hour recently, and she laid out an incredible way of challenging people we care about who may have said something offending. You want to bring up their values. Tell them the good things you know to be true of them and ask them to align that with the comments they just made. So, Uncle Frank, I know you love people. You'd help anyone out. In fact, you'd rush into a burning building to save another human being, no matter where they were from. So how does that match up with what you just said about immigrants? Niece, you've always been so loving and one of the least judgmental people I know. You believe in the goodness of people. Are you saying that there are people you've just given up on? Or brother-in-law, bro-in-law, dude, whatever you call them. I know you're a kind and humble guy. You care for your family and you help out wherever you can. Money clearly isn't what drives you. But when you make up comment on the cost or affordability associated with activities, it makes it sound like money's a driver in making decisions. Am I reading that wrong? Or cuz, look, you know I love you. I know you love this family and you'd help any one of them out if they needed help. But when you make comments about so-and-so, that feels like backbiting. Why don't you go talk to them? Is there something they said that's offending you? As we look back on our holidays, Maybe somebody said something. Ask yourself, is there a conversation I need to have? Or am I okay with letting this fence get in the way of truly seeing, hearing, and valuing somebody? Also ask yourself, what if I was offending someone? Wouldn't I want them to come and let me know? And how would I want that person to have that conversation with me? And then let's put that into action. Look, if you had a conversation this holiday season where someone was offended and it's gone unresolved, it's not too late to go back and continue having that conversation. Start by just being curious. Don't let it linger because the longer those fence posts stay up, the harder they are to take down. How will you be kinder as a result of this? Because when we choose kindness, the world gets better. Look, if you think this topic is important and you believe you can help the world and would like to learn more about kindness, empathy, and emotional intelligence, I'd love it if you'd hit subscribe on this podcast. That little action does everything from spreading the message, but it also helps bring on more incredible men and their stories as I interview people you want to hear from. And if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, drop a note in the comments. I'd love to know what you guys think. I am blown away this week at the support this podcast has gotten. It is solid five stars, y'all. I don't expect that to continue forever, but I am blown away and so, so thankful 
that you guys care about this topic of kindness. Thank you so much for this episode and everyone after it of the Mankind Podcast.